All right. Welcome to the Well-Rounded Wealth Podcast. We are back yet again for another episode. All right, Pat. So what are we breaking down today? All right. Today, we have a interesting one on joy versus pleasure. Um, and these two things definitely get mixed up or I would say that especially in our younger years, we think of them as things that are very aligned and pretty similar. But as we continue to grow, and especially in my life, I started to kind of realize what the difference is between something that's joyful to me and something that's pleasurable. So, um, yeah, why don't we kick it off right there? Yeah, let's get rolling. So I guess we've done our research for this a little bit. So we kind of found what like textbook definitions are of joy and pleasure. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you want to talk about that, that we can break down our personal definitions. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So in their basic forms, um, what are joy and pleasure defined as? So pleasure to start off is a feeling of satisfaction. The difference here is that this is a temporary feeling that comes as a result as something external. On the other hand, joy is a feeling of unlimited happiness. There is something limitless to it, and it's a choice for us. It's kind of a flow of something that happens in a certain moment or moments or periods of time um, throughout our life. It's that feeling of being alive. So, Yeah, I would say growing up, I've definitely always looked at pleasure no matter what it is and it could be many different things as a source of happiness like that's something to strive towards like some gratification um just a high in general no matter what it is and joy is actually very complicated and it's that's honestly i have an idea of what i think it means to me um in my life but i don't think i have a full understanding of that concept of joy being unlimited happiness and the idea that we did in our research that it is, it's a choice and so it's like how do you choose something if you don't know what yeah. it is like can i be right, sitting here right now and be like oh, i'm joyful <laughs> don't get me wrong i'm happy but I'm, I'm definitely not at that moment where it's like wow like for me something i get a ton of joy of and something i could just sit there just being in that present is like hikes like for me uh, last summer I hiked um, Angel's Peak at Mount Zion and that experience for me like I could have just stood at the top of that mountain looking over like acres uh, and miles of this crazy view with the sun rising and um, I was just in the moment and the wind was flowing through me and I was just like I don't know if you want to if you to me if you think of it like a like a, a movie where it's just like that climax of a person that's just like reached the summit or the peak of whatever the point of the story is. And I was that guy and it was awesome. Like, but like you said, like, why can't I just choose to be that sitting here in a chair? Yeah. And I think another thing we did a little looking into and, and I've looked at is like the different, um, kind of religions. So you talk about Buddhism and, um, Catholicism and meditation and just different versions of religion and meditative practices that kind of seek this um, everlasting joy and this flow of life. So, Yeah. No, I agree. And I won't get... We both come from a 
Christian background. I won't yeah. get into it too much. But yeah, it's that concept of um, what we learned through our fun little Catholic school <laughs> <Yep>. education. <laughs> it's like uh, some of, we learned that like God is joy. Like God is everlasting love and everlasting happiness. Um, but that's just so conceptual and it's hard to know what that means and taking it out of the idea of religion in general. It's like, well, like what is that? And yeah. why do all other religions also sit, preach the same thing that that's like the strive of whatever it is um, they practice? Yeah. Like, how is it applied? Like, how do you incorporate that? Like, okay, great. Like knowing that there's some external being that's um, existential and greater than us that created the world or was the spark of evolution or, or however you view that thought. But how do we go about saying like, okay. I connect with that and I can on a daily basis put that into practice. Yeah. I think one thing that I have definitely taken from that and I, cause I said, I have an idea of what is in my own life. And for me, joy is love. And there are those just moments of enjoying the world, like going on hikes. Like I don't think you always need another person person to experience love with i think we just talked about self-love on the last episode which i think is a very real thing um however i very much value my friendships and relationships and the people in my life and i do think when you choose to just love and it's not this complicated thing of where you're um being salty or getting internally competitive and you're just choosing to be happy with each other and just yep. enjoy life together. I think that is definitely something in my life that I have found is joy, especially with you and our friends, which we've talked about plenty on this podcast. Yeah. But like, that's kind of where I was like, hey, that's why we're all still friends today to a degree. It's like, we kind of in high school just realized like we just stopped caring about um, the social hierarchy of high school and all of that stuff, we just enjoyed being together and having yeah. fun. And that, that to me, I look back on those moments when we're with each other. I'm like, that was joy for me. Yeah. I think that was joy. Yeah. No, I, I think that is definitely a, a great place to start. And like where that, yeah, I'm the same way as you. Like, I don't know exactly what that is for me, but I mean, I think I have an idea like the hiking stuff. And I think you're definitely touching on a very strong point with love, but maybe let's backtrack a little bit because it might help to define what pleasure is so that we can delineate that and different differentiate that from joy. So what is pleasure that joy is not? Yeah, I would say um, I was kind of writing stuff down on like what I think it is. One, I think it's a lot of biological gratification. Um, just for for instance, like, I remember like looking into um, anything that chemically alters your brain that gives um, instant dopamine release. Um, Any, any drugs that are used, I think that is a form of pleasure. Um, I think sex is definitely a form of pleasure um, when not done intimately um, because it's biological gratification. I think a lot of stuff like that. Also um, power. I think, like just raw power, just like craving that craving dominance, like that high. 
Uh, yeah, totally. I think that's another form. What I think they all have in common is that they give you like an unbelievable high and it's more intense than anything that you feel through joy. Like it's a higher intensity, but it's something that you, if you wanted to spend your the rest of your life achieving pleasure, you will chase it for the rest of your life. And I don't think you'll ever hit that satisfaction point. I think there's two words in there that are that are super important to point out. One, the intensity, and then two, temporary. Yeah. I'm kind of getting this picture of you think of a meteor, like flying into Earth. Like that is burning hot. It is intense. Like that's going fast. And it's, I'm sure if you were on that ride, it'd be great. You're flying. But guess what? That thing is going to burn out and it's going to end in flames. So I think we see in kind of pop culture and and celebrities and whatnot, we see so many people that have come out once they've reached that pinnacle of the intensity of pleasure, like pleasure being famous or Mm -hmm. like they're getting that intense feeling. But so many people have come out and been like, I have all this stuff, but I'm not happy. Right. So I think that's that that point you brought up is really important. It's like if you keep chasing something that's only pleasurable, you are never going to actually grasp it because you're going to just let's do it in terms of money. You reach a million dollars. That's great. That's a really good goal. Like if that's what you want to do. You have stability. But guess what? Don't have to worry where you get your next meal or anything. Paying exactly. Your yeah. But guess what? You have a million dollars and then that opens your eyes to what does $5 million get you? What does $10 million get then, you? Then you want your yacht and then you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. So <laughs> how far can you stretch that number? Um, and that's what I think is really hard to do because you have your your basic necessity of like, okay, I need that number to cover where I'm at if I want to live a certain life. But there's people out there that don't have any of that number, yet they're extremely happy because they don't know what else they need to achieve because they're, they've found that flow of happiness of where they're at and that joy of I'm in this space right now. I'm going to make the most of it. Yeah, I obviously very much agree with that. One thing I want to kind of bring up, because I feel like even when I'm hearing of my our examples of pleasure and, and even a strive for financial wealth, like, is pleasure, like, bad to even have it all? Is pleasure completely unnecessary in life and to truly live a full and... um satisfactory well-rounded life do you do you need no pleasure is no pleasure a necessity in that yeah and here's where i think pleasure is actually important Mm -hmm. because pleasure opens our eyes to new experiences that bring us joy it's that shift from having pleasure to joy so let's say it's like Okay, you need money to go skydiving. Think of it that way. If you never had money, there's a good chance you're never going to go skydiving because you don't have access to it. Right. However, if you, that first time you go skydiving, you're like, oh my God, this is an intense rush. 
like it's such a high and oh it's temporary like i only got to jump out of a plane for five minutes but what if you keep going back and you find yourself when you're out of the plane and you're just in the sky falling like nothing else could be happening around you it seems like a moment in time is frozen like there's that ephemeral moment of just like peace and you're flowing through the air the air is flowing around you like that's where i think we need pleasure in order to open our eyes to more joyful experiences yeah i think because some of my favorite experiences that i've ever had in my life there's a pleasure involved in it for sure and I think I look back on it though, <laughs> and Patrick's chair is so yeah, squeaky. So <laughs> <laughs> um, anyways, um, but yeah, uh, as I was saying, pleasure is definitely involved in some of my favorite experiences that I've had. I think that's okay, and I think that's honestly great. And because I do look back on those, it's not just because of the pleasure that I love that experience. It was yeah. it, it was also a feeling of content. It was also a feeling of, it's usually with other people are my favorite memories of love. Like we got to, I've never been skydiving, but doing something like that, like, oh, I got to do that like with my friends and we're going to remember that for the rest of our lives. And that memory is now um, within us when we, we went to the Bahamas together, like, that was a very pleasurable experience. That yeah. <laughs> we were, the boys got rowdy and we, <laughs> extremely actually, but, but I look a back, yeah. <laughs> but I look back and I'm like, that was so much fun. And it was because we were doing those things together, if that makes sense. And I think that's a good picture to paint. Like when we were there, like when we we're actually in that and on that vacation, like that's we were experiencing pleasure, but as we've shifted and as we've grown, that pleasurable experience has turned into something that brings us a little bit more joy. Cause now that's something that's not a temporary high. Like when we're all together, we're rehashing like stupid events or something like that, that happened during it. And we get, we get limitless um, exposure from that because we keep hearing different perspectives on certain situations and stories and the way people, someone or the way someone dictates it or tells it like, and I think that's where you can kind of take those experience, those pleasurable experiences and turning, turn them into something joyful. Yeah, I agree. And it kind of takes me back to, cause I've, I've definitely had my gripes with, religion a little bit and it's specifically because of this area because our religion i know many other religions um it, they very much preach pretty much no pleasure like yeah. only striving for joy um i had a ton of rules and many of the things that i listed as pleasure are things that would be at least from my religious background would be considered sin yeah um and i and it just started to, I don't know, it kind of tainted my relationship with my religion because I was like, one, these feelings of pleasure are not hurting anybody, you know? So it's yeah. like, I don't feel like it's necessarily immoral. Um, where I've come around a little bit, and I still fundamentally disagree with that, that pleasure is sin. 
Yeah. But I do think it's definitely a path uh, to, I won't even call it sin, but to um, just kind of desperation and to kind of, in a way, sadness, because if you choose to indulge in your pleasures and you choose to make that the forefront of what's important to you, and I've done that in my life for sure, and I, I started to lose myself when that's all I'm focused on is trying to achieve those highs um, instead of, you know, wanting to spend a day with my friends instead it's just focused on achieving highs. Yeah. And it's definitely a path I think to lose yourself. So it's a dangerous thing. It's a dangerous thing. Cause I think, I think just completely shutting off and avoiding any of that. I think, I don't think that's necessarily the key to a, happy happy life either i think it's okay to experience some things and do things that are cool that even um at least my religion would consider sinful yeah i don't think it always necessarily is but it's just it's definitely a dangerous path and that's where i've kind of come around i'm like i do get why those rules are in place because i'm sure there were people that saw people doing these things, indulging in these things. And they, they saw the negative effects and, you know, even, even lawmakers and governments, if you see something that has negative effects, then you just say, okay, make it not allowed. Yeah. Like prohibited. And I think that's, um, yeah, sorry. Forever is gone. Um, but no, in terms of religion wise, like, um, I was kind of on the same page as you, like I, definitely practice it a little more before all the COVID stuff and stuff like that, because I thought it was something grounding, but it wasn't necessarily like I followed other rules. Right. Because when we are at least in the, the Catholic religion, we're taught like, yes, don't to do things pleasurable because they will lead to basically a bad path. And I think without going too much into science of it, cause not a neurologist or anything like that, but I do think right. it's interesting. It has to deal with our hormones and our um, dopamine receptors. So like when we do do that pleasurable thing, whether it's biological like sex or um, I don't know, do drugs or something that reacts and causes a reaction in those dopamine receptors, that dopamine floods our brain and we get a, like you said, an intense high from that but we also have to come down from it. So I think that's why you see so many, like, on the drug side, like, there's drugs are associated with very, very, very high highs and very, very, very low lows. Right. So it is that gateway to a, like, scary and kind of dark path. Yeah, I mean, I think drugs are probably... a prime example because it's literally affecting your brain chemistry of yeah. what even natural pleasures can do to you. Cause I think it does like y- you get a really high high from something. Um, Cause addiction isn't just in drugs in my opinion. I think it's in many things, but you, you get withdrawals in dr- in the case of drugs, you get actual like bodily body withdrawals. Yeah. But I think in other pleasures too, I think you get withdrawals from that as well. Yep. No, I mean, People are uh, alcohol addicts or sex addicts or like there's definitely and and both of those things like 
Um, well, actually, alcohol targets your brain, but like, <laughs> sex wise, <laughs> I, was, I wasn't. I was keeping my mouth shut. <laughs> That's a drug. Um, but like with the the sexual side of things, like that's a biological reaction. But at if you approach it to where you're not doing it purely on the emotional level, and it is for just purely biological temporary pleasure, that's where you're just going to constantly chase that high, chase that high. And I think, yeah, honestly, out of all the things we've talked about, that's probably the finest line because naturally as humans we have a propensity to want to have sex and reproduce i've been beating around the bush of sex too this is the one i relate with the most yeah (laughs) because it's it's definitely a fine line to draw and that's i'm not even going to start to go into that because that's a whole entire chemical reaction where it's something that you and another person see each other just a different way yeah. to have that kind of connection so yeah no honestly i i've definitely like that's something i guess kind of indulgent i don't know if that's the right word no it is <laughs> <laughs> John, you dirty dog <laughs> no. um but no it it starts to take a toll it's i it is yeah it just i've started to have a bad relationship with it and i've definitely focused recently on trying to make that a much more intimate thing in my life an intimate experience and that's another one like the the no sex before marriage rule right and like we're all told that at a young age and yet our hormones are going crazy and everyone wants to do it so bad but we're told that we're going to hell if we do it that was an interesting complex so i kind of like churned on that completely i still i don't think like well the construct of marriage like what is marriage within the church all the all the structural things put that aside but i do now agree that it is important to be an intimate thing yeah i don't think i'm going to hell for having done it in the past like i was told no but i do (laughs) agree with the idea that it is something intimate because it is again a huge path to joy and connection between another person and i i just want to i've been focusing on making that um much more yeah i'm making that a forefront making it a much more intimate thing in my life and so far it's actually been extremely i think beneficial to me and it's it feels healthy yeah that's awesome um yeah i guess on that point too is like how do we consciously bring full awareness to those joyful experiences in life like bringing it back to joy as a as opposed to just pleasure like how do we um differentiate a experience and turn that into something that's more joyful than something that Mm -hmm. you quote unquote indulge in (laughs) (laughs) thanks pat (laughs) thanks for that (laughs) your words not mine I would say, um, I would say, um, and again, thank you for that question, Pat. It's a really insightful question. (laughs) I would say, honestly, like, I think I talked about this in the first episode briefly, but it's like lights out tomorrow. You look back. What do you remember the most? What is the most impactful? Um, 
and it's i promise you that wouldn't be all oh, that one time where i you know had sex yeah <laughs> that's not, no that's a crazy thing to think <laughs> yeah. but it is like when i think of those moments i guess for examples i remember like i would remember my dad reading me stories before i went to bed yeah. i would remember um saying bye to my sister for college and she had to like she didn't care didn't know how to act and then when i hugged her she held me tighter and that was such a beautiful moment um those i I can go on and on and i have more but those type of moments i think are what i was like that's just it felt so beautiful just those small intimate things um i use my family and i have so many more with them and plenty with you and my friends i think those are those are what really matter and those are what i'm trying to focus on even more so i think i think that's kind of what i have to say about that i think it's just trying to focus on those moments yeah and i think um i i think the thing that kind of paints the best picture in my mind is this sense of flow and i'm actually reading the book called flow it's it's I'm going to mispronounce her name, Mahali Shiza. I'm not even going to try it, but some long last name. And it talks about kind of the point that we're talking about right now is how do we differentiate these two things and find flow and everlasting happiness in this thing we call life, this continuity of we're waking up every day, doing something, going to bed. Like, where is that going to lead us on a day-to-day basis? Mm-hmm. And I can definitely tell you that this book has some pretty deep and in, in intellectual stuff. So I'm maybe about a month into it, and I've gotten like 30 pages down. So wow. <laughs> um, it's definitely a, a slow read, and I definitely want to – I forgot it today, but want to bring it um, when we record again and kind of pull some quotes out from it because I think it's really – um, something good to break down and I'll do the, uh, the hard work <laughs> of getting through it. But I think that's the best picture for me. It's like when you're hugging your sister and she hugs you tighter, it's like, okay, you, no words were said, but that, that small moment of you guys embracing each other and then hugging a little bit tighter is that like that limitless feeling where it's like, I'm never going to forget this and I can keep coming back to that and keep coming back to that and keep coming back to that. And that's not something necessarily that you're going to be like every time you hug your sister, if she hugs you a little tighter, it's going to be like, Oh, that's a trigger for that moment. But it's in with that experience in that certain space and time, like that flow of happiness and joy was, was around you. Yeah. And I think honestly, I, I go back to that moment because since I think something in our relationship changed because we always just, we, we definitely always got along and like knew we loved each other, but like we never showed it. And I think at least for me, like I was immediately like more comfortable with her since then. And I just think her and I have gotten much closer since. And it's really cool. Yeah. That's awesome. And I think the last thing I want to talk about is like, how do we balance that those feelings that were like, you know, we're, we're taught to search for that joy, like, Oh, find happiness. Like God is joy. Like that kind of thing. How do we balance that with responsibilities in our life? 
I mean, granted, you and I are 22. We really don't have that much. But imagine being a parent with three kids and a wife and a house and a mortgage and a job and all that stuff. Like, how do you break out time to have joy where it's not like, okay, I get my two breaks or my two weeks off a year and that's when I can have joy. Right. Um, you know, I've, one thing that I've heard, um, that a group of guys too, who are like in their late twenties is that you just got to s- schedule time. Um, cause another thing we always talk about is that our, our time is so valuable. It's the most valuable thing we own in my opinion is our time. hundred percent. So I think if you schedule time and even though if your weeks are super busy and you do have all those responsibilities, I do think, and I hope I remember this when those responsibilities do come and yeah. I'm in that situation that there's always room to make some time to just spend with the people you care about or do something you want to do. Yeah. It's not, it's not limitless, but I think if you work hard to fit that in, I think you can no matter what. Yeah. On a day, yeah. I, and I think one of the best things that I do and I would encourage others to do is take a sticky note and write on your mirror, like just in a world that we live in where we're constantly berated by emails and like, can you do this? Can you do that? Do you want to hang out? Like, Oh, this looks cool. Let's go try that. Like just write a sticky note on your mirror and say like, do what you love, do what you're, you find passion in, do what you enjoy, just a little thing every day. And I think that'll continue to compound as we keep getting older and keep growing and, um, that's definitely helped me because, like I said in the, the intro episode, like that's where I got hit by that um, kind of virtual wall where I was like, oh, my God, I'm just working and I wasn't doing stuff that made me happy. But what was I working towards? Right. So, like, that's why I'm trying to take that time. Like you said, like schedule it every even if it's five minutes every day, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, like the world is not going to end if you go offline and just do something you love for that short amount of time every day. Yeah, totally. I, I couldn't agree more. This was, this is a good one. We talked about things I didn't think we would talk about, but here we are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so remember <laughs> if you indulge, do it once and I'm then you can, you, <laughs> I'm going to kill you. <laughs> We're ending this right now. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> all right uh, we're just joking around but yeah we appreciate you guys listening no again we really and, do uh, thank you guys so much for listening all righty we'll see you guys on the next one all right peace